0: Fart, 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 fart. Fart, <laughs> fart, fart. Fart. This is a long message. I wish... You- everybody welcome back to the harmonics podcast it's been an eventful couple of weeks i think yeah i don't really remember i don't remember anything the last 24 hours to the last five months of my life yeah at all nothing like a goldfish but it doesn't matter because we've got a good episode uh oh breathing hard into the mic there (laughs) we've uh we're rolling podcast. we're keeping it rolling with the uh, Friends of Harmonics guest podcast thing uh, because otherwise we have literally nothing to talk about. <laughs> uh, so today on the show we have um, well, first of all, we've got our regulars. we've got Jessa Christine uh, and uh, from our finance department, Mr. Tom Bender. Represent. yep. but uh, our real guest, you're not our guest, Tom. No. Our real guest is uh, from Iron Galaxy Studios Mr. David Lang.
1: Greetings, greetings all. How's it going?
2: It's going all I feel right. Like there should have been applause. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll pipe in some in applause
0: in the post. It'll
1: Actually, be... pipe, pipe in booze. That would be more of home <laughs> with booze. All right, I like playing the heel card.
0: <laughs> yeah, I notice your Skype icon is a ninja. Like you as a ninja.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, I figured the last thing anyone wants to see is my face. <laughs> So uh-huh. I kind of cover as much of it at all times as possible. It's difficult. It makes things hard. But I do this for the people.
0: Well, that is why I specifically chose Skype call and not Skype video call. Yes, yeah, so, so you're mm-hmm. smart. You're
1: like, <laughs> no one gives you the credit you deserve. You're, you're unappreciated in your own time.
0: Oh, no, it's true. You, you didn't even know my name. That's how underappreciated <laughs> I am. I, th-
1: I think that's because your engineer, in addition to compressing this, and is also running you up a few octaves. That's oh. why... That's, tones. It just that's really weird.
0: So we're all coming across as like we're auto-tuned
2: to you. Oh no, I sound like a chipmunk then. <laughs>
1: it's, it's pretty weird, yeah. It's a little strange, but dogs can hear I'm, that. adab- I'm right? adaptable. I'm adaptable.
0: That should not be happening. But no, anyway, there's, that's there's fun. A,
1: there's there's many things right now that shouldn't be happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for some context, as I said, Dave is definitely a friend of uh, us, of harmonics. Um, the, the The cool thing about our jobs in particular is that we get to go to all of the shows, PAX and E3 and sometimes Gamescom and sometimes Comic-Con and all these things. Uh, And uh, we see a lot of the same people at a lot of the same events. And obviously, we also spend a lot of time with our San Francisco buds at Giant Bomb. Uh, And uh, a a confluence of both of those things, we have uh, run into Dave a lot on the road, especially this past year.
1: One could say too much if one were so inclined.
0: One could. I'm not going to say that. No, I wouldn't
1: say that either, but (laughs) one could.
0: Yeah. The argument could be made. Um, And Dave isn't just a dude. I mean, he's definitely a dude, but he's not just a dude. Uh, He also uh, is representing, uh, like I said, Iron Galaxy Studios, and they're making the fine video game right now, the buzzworthy video game, Dive Kick.
1: So you're legally (laughs) obligated to say it like the game says it
0: dive was, kick. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. We've been playing a lot of dive kick. <laughs> he says that a lot in the office. Dude, we have played so much dive kick, it's burnt into our TV, like our conference room TV where we have it hooked nice. up. Oops. And we were testing out one of our unannounced <laughs> games yesterday, and people were freaking out because it looked like <laughs> in the art of the game, it looked like someone had like hidden a hidden like dive kick message. A dive kick watermark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how much we've been playing it. Um so Rather I than
1: get, I got to get some balance notes from you guys. I want to hear uh, what characters you like, what strategies are showing up. I got to sure. get some balance notes out of you guys.
0: Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, give us give us a quick overview of what dive kick is for the uninitiated
1: So dive kick is a two button fighting game. Um there's no directional movement, there's no d-pad, there's no joystick. there's no anything. It's literally just two buttons. Uh, the first button is the dive button, and that dives you into the air. And when you're in the air, the second button does a kick button. And uh, so like kicks you forward. If you're on the ground and you hit the kick button, you'll do a hop backwards, and that's how you get all the mobility out of the uh, uh, out of your character. Right. Um, sounds like super super simple, and sounds like overly simple. And like one complaint we hear about it a lot from people who have never played it is like, "Oh, it sounds like it'd be fun for five minutes. It'd have a certain novelty to it, but uh, I can't imagine it lasting." And what what like the the way Adam, who's the lead designer on it, the way he likes to say it is like. Uh, depth from complexity is a lie in games, right? Like, you do not need to have all this complexity to have depth, and what this game reinforces is, like, really good fighting game fundamentals. It's basically, like, when you're playing Street Fighter Four, or Marvel or whatever, it's all about maintaining a safe distance from your opponent. Like, basically knowing all the attacks you can do all the attacks your opponent can do, and then staying at a distance that kind of maximizes your options over his. And that's all Dive Kick is, right? Dive Kick is about understanding the spacing between you and the other character and trying to stay at advantageous spacing at all times. So it's like a really, really cool fighting game for beginners because you kind of like get to learn all this stuff. Um, but it's also got a lot of depth for people who have been doing it for years and years and years. So there is your 20-minute explanation <laughs> of what Dive Kick is.
0: Uh, you didn't give your patented explanation of how the damage works, though.
1: Oh yeah, so uh, that's uh, I'll thank you, Eric. That's a Be wonderful nice. set. So uh, dive kick is also like one hit, one kill, uh, and it's basically if you get hit with that foot, you're done for a round. And this is because all characters have a thousand health, and we all, we've actually upgraded. And since the build you have, oh my god, uh, all characters have a thousand health, and now every kick does eight billion damage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's incredible. So- yeah, I actually think I was playing it. I don't know if it was a bug, but I think I got hit and somehow survived.
1: We yeah, I mean it's it's work in progress, right? <laughs> uh, we're still like ironing out a lot of bugs, but so uh, nothing was nothing would shock me along those lines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I have to admit, uh, Dave, that uh, when I first heard about it, I was one of those ones who was sort of was like, oh, that's a funny joke," uh, but how is that possibly a game? Uh, and then when I actually got my hands on it, it becomes apparent pretty quickly that. You know, if you just try a few of the different characters and you realize how different each of them are, uh, it is crazy deep for a game with two buttons and one hit kills.
1: <laughs> yeah, when we put in the, the techniques, so every character also has two like, special moves they can do, one on the ground and one in the air. And uh, if it wasn't for that, I think we'd top out at like, you know, five or six characters in the game total just because like you can only do so much with like the kick angle and the speed and how high they can jump. But once once we put in the special moves, that has unlocked this whole layer of strategy to the game that just adds so much uh, depth to it. I mean, we've literally been playing it every day in the office for about a year now and uh, still discovering new things to do and new ways to play it and character strategies and all that stuff. So it, it's... Uh, it's pretty, yeah. Sometimes it's like, I didn't create the game, so I can say this without without full humility. <laughs> uh, it's an absolute genius, and uh, I'm pretty astounded sometimes with how much how much gameplay there is and just that simple idea, right?
0: Yeah. How did it? Didn't it? How did it start? Wasn't there a Kickstarter at <sighs> some point?
1: Yeah. So the background of the game is uh, Adam Hart, who goes by Keats. Uh, he is the editor in chief of com. And it's like the biggest fighting game in probably the U S and Europe fighting game website. And, uh, he also runs a tournament here in Chicago. It's kind of like one of the majors on the road to evolution. And he just kind of, uh, him and his friend had this idea. They were playing Marvel super late one night and, you know, you get punch drunk at 3am and, they're like, hey, wouldn't it be great if there was a game called Dive Kick and there was two characters called Dive and Kick and all you could do was dive and kick? Wouldn't that be amazing? Ah! And then like, well, let's just do it and see what happens. It really kept uh, to the
3: original vision quite, uh, <laughs> quite astutely.
1: <laughs> and so uh, they started working on it. Then they quickly realized they were on something. And originally it was just going to be a promotional thing for Adam's tournament. Like, hey, come out and check out this game Dive Kick. And um, that's where I actually played it for the first time. Um, Adam had told me about it before because – we do a lot of stuff with Capcom, like we did Third Strike, we did Marvel Capcom Origins, Darkstalkers, we have D coming out in a few months with them. And so we we tend to have a lot of fighting game people in the studio. So I hired Adam a few months before as a producer, and he told me about this, but I was like very much like everyone else in the world. I was like, Oh, that sounds like really dumb. Like that sounds <laughs> like the stupidest thing of all time. Right. Have fun with that kid. <laughs> and then uh, and then I went to his tournament and played it and I like instantly fell in love with it, right? and realized the error of my, my by just blowing it off. Um, <laughs> then a little bit after that, Adam did a Kickstarter and he did it for, I think it was for like $30,000 and he got like a little over 30000 and towards the end of it, we just started talking. I'm like, dude, what are you going to do with $30,000? $30, like yeah. $30,000 won't buy compatibility testing on the PC. It's like, well, what are you hoping to do with that? And kind of eventually got it worked out where, uh, you know, he'd be project lead. We'd take it over kind of internally here in the studio. And we could kind of make the game he wanted to make, not the game he could afford to make. Yeah. And uh, the rest is, is video game history <laughs> and epic. So.
0: And do you have a projected uh, release date yet?
1: we're trying to get out before evo so for those not in the fighting game parlance evo is the biggest fighting game tournament in the world it's held every year in las vegas uh this year it is the july 9th to the 11th i think or maybe 11th to the 13th and uh we're trying to get out before then so people have a chance to because we're doing this big tournament there um and we're expecting so we got a lot of work to do it means we basically got to submit you know really really soon you guys know how that goes and Uh, It's, it's going to be super tight, but we are highly incentivized to get it out by then. And
0: it's PS3, Vita, and PC?
1: Yeah, we're doing PS3, Vita. Um, PS3 and Vita are going to be cross-play online, so that'll be fun. Wow. And PC, we are now uh, trying to get onto Steam at the moment. If you can go to... Uh, there's a little plug for you. <laughs> go to greenlightdivekick.com. That'll take you right to the page, and you can vote for uh, the game to get on Steam because, like, ideally we'd be day in, uh, d- you know, basically same day as P- uh, PS3 we, P- we launched the PC. But at this point that's kind of out of our hands. It's just whenever we get through the green light process.
0: Right. So, oh, and the other thing I should point out too, the Vita version, you can play two player on the same Vita, right?
1: Yeah, so. that's pretty
0: ridiculous. What?
1: Yeah, it's got local multiplayer on the Vita. That so was, it, Those are my it,
3: first games of Divekick that sucked me in. It yeah. was uh, two people, one Vita on the floor of PAX. Like in the <laughs> middle of the mob that was the dive kick booth.
1: That mode officially makes dive kick the most romantic fighting game of all (laughs) time. Yeah, it's basically like there's uh, the player player one uses the left on the D-pad and down. So like left is dive down is kick. And then on the other side you have the buttons and that player uses X and O uh, for dive and kick. And uh, it's, it's just... Amazingly fun. It's like you know, someone's sitting next to somebody on a plane. You just kind of pass it over and just play. Oh my god! Um, It's really really cool. That's
0: a great uh, yeah. Just to introduce yourself (laughs) to
2: strangers on a plane. Don't 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 introduce, just challenge. Just give it to them. uh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dive kick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I think we just came up with their commercial.
1: Yep. Hey there, there, old grandma on the plane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So simple, even grandma can play. (laughs) That's true.
0: How, yeah. how uh, surprised were you by the, uh, uh, what's the word, reaction. How, the reaction, the buzz, how well like packs sort of blew up for
1: you guys? I was, I was freaking stunned. East, yeah, I was absolutely stunned because like, this is the first time we've ever done an event like that. Um, you know, we've done some local stuff here in Chicago, but we've never like made a booth and I had an event team and all this stuff, and I was just I was terrified it was going to be like a freaking ghost town in our <laughs> booth all weekend long. Like, uh, but basically Friday it opened up, started off a little slow, but then you know word got around pretty fast, and from like noon on Friday until the show closed, we had basically lines like eight, nine people deep on all three stations. It was pretty crazy. It's like, you know, you look around and it's like when you're basically living with the fear for three or four months that no one's going to get it, you know, yeah. and it's like everyone's going to blow it off and think it's dumb. And that's basically like every day, that's all you're worried about and how are we going to get around that? And to have people kind of embrace it like they did, it's been super gratifying and really amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Well, I guess I heard about it obviously because <clears throat> the giant bomb guys, but just like there was on the floor, anyone that you would pass, you'd be like, Oh, what, what game should I check out? Like when you're working, you sort of need a guide to tell you where to go because you don't have a ton of time to see a ton of stuff. And pretty much everybody I talked to was like, Well, obviously, dive kick. So, like, it just spread immediately in a pretty crazy way. And yeah, every time I went over there, your booth was just swamped.
3: So I just,
1: yeah, it was I very yeah the, uh, the Vita.
3: I couldn't yeah, even wait in yeah. line for the, uh, <laughs> the real controllers. Yep.
1: Yeah, it was there, was, there those guys who'd be there like. I, I think, as busy as it was, there was people who, like, it was just, like, they play, and they turn around and get right back in line, right? Um, that was the nice thing about the line. Like, the entire, quote-unquote, demo experience is probably, like, two minutes long. You know, you play your match, and you're done. So, like, even, like, if you're seven, eight people deep, that goes pretty quick relative to the other lines at PAX. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we had literally people there that's like, all they did, it's, like, they camped out of the dive the kick booth, like, all day, every day. <laughs> and they just, like, trying to learn all the characters and figure stuff out. It was pretty cool.
0: Well, that's sort of the cool thing about PAX, too, is... A, they'll do that. You'll get those people who just camp out all day, but they're also super polite and let, you know, they don't, like, hog it. They'll, you know, take their turn, go back to the line, and let whoever's next do it without being jerks. It's a pretty unique... You're not going to find that at the other trade shows you go to with it.
1: Yeah, everyone was amazing. Like, it's like... I think some people would just want to talk about the game. They wouldn't even want to play, right? They would just, like, go over to the counter and chat you up. And be like, So, what is this guy? What makes him unique or whatever? And they just, like, want to engage with everything about the game, right? They don't want to just play it, but they want to talk to the developers and they want to hang out and just, it's a, it was definitely a unique experience. Um, I was at PAX the year before with Reketeer and that was like very similar in terms of like, that was the best reaction Receteer ever got as well. It was just like that crowd and a lot of families coming through and uh, yeah, I love PAX East. Absolutely love it.
0: Yeah. And actually uh, it's not, it's becoming more common now, but the PAXs aren't really thought of as, as where, people go to unveil their games or show them for the first time i know it's becoming more common but i think you really kind of took advantage of that because there wasn't a ton of other games on the floor that were like brand new uh and and it it seemed like a really smart move on your part even if you had to drive all the way across the country in a u-haul
1: yeah that was uh so two yeah two things there so the the first let's do the u-haul story so <laughs> the first of all like eternally indebted to you guys for the ps3 loaners which we needed because our freaking truck broke down in syracuse new york um so we had the dive kick express we built our own booth like <laughs> we'd been building it for like the six the months prior to the event. App. <laughs> yeah, exactly And, uh, you know, we were all super excited about it. It's like, okay, let's do this. We load up the truck. The guys in the truck get going. Like, they're live tweeting from the road. Ah, it's all adorable. (laughs) And I get a text message from, it's like, the truck... Is making a weird noise. We're going to pull over. It's like, oh, they're just trolling. They're like, this is not happening. <laughs> and then, like, they're they're really committed to this bit. You know, an hour in, they're sending pictures of them, like, getting towed away and things. I'm like, I wonder where they found that on the internet. <laughs> and then it's like, quickly, it's like, I do call, and it's like, oh, shit, this is for real. This is a problem. <laughs> and uh, we had an event that night. Mad Cats was having a party, and we were supposed to get, you know, it was a pretty big deal for us because we we're going to get some stream time. There'll be a lot of fighting game players there, and we really wanted to get get some, been some hands on it but all our ps3s were on that freaking truck so it's like oh well that's a great start to pax awesome and uh then i you know i hit up drake on text just not expecting anything just like this is like a hail mary right and i'm like hey is there any way we could borrow a couple ps3s for tonight we'll get them back to the very next day and he's like uh sure we don't need them it's like oh my god <laughs> this, is, this is gonna work it's gonna be saved and uh so we hustled over there met went in your fine office saw the saw the, all the trophies and everything and uh,
0: that is like the one nice wall in our office. The rest, <laughs> yeah. you're being very kind. The rest of the office is like a garbage pit. <laughs> yes. it
1: was, I was trying to, uh, your, I don't know if you know this or not, but your lobby is like a 3G black hole.
0: Yeah. Like, I was trying to
1: tweet at you guys. That's it's part like, of the NDA. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, oh, I'm in your lobby, come say hi. But I couldn't even get a tweet out, so I was, I was pretty bummed. But
3: which is, which is actually kind of, like, uh, risky because we also have, like, the glass fishbowl that if you get off the elevator, you could literally get trapped in there. Yeah, you're stuck. Oh, yeah, that's At true. the receptionist.
1: Because yeah, I, I went up the stairs because I'm a total noob, and uh, I was banging on the door, and, like, literally, like, it was uh, five people walked by, and they knew I was there because I was banging. <laughs> they, they wouldn't even glance over. That's it's like, you know, incredible they have been trained, trained professionally to ignore that door and shun anyone who uses it.
0: Yeah, they probably thought you were a confused, like, Harvard librarian, because that's who, those are the other people in the building with us, is, like, the Harvard Archive.
1: They're the worst, aren't they?
3: (laughs) They they pegged you for a Harvard Archivist?
0: Yeah, I've always thought Dave looked like a Harvard Archivist.
1: Yeah, the disheveled look, the unshaven, uh, (laughs) baseball hat pulled low, definitely got that Harvard look on lock. (laughs) but, no, but to, to, the thing that got us into that whole uh, how awesome you guys are for loaning us those PS3 story was the, you know, the announcement, and basically for the first time people got to play Dive Kick at, at PAX East. The thing we had going for us with that is, uh, you know, we had been taking the prototype uh, around to all the fighting game tournaments. And so like fighting game people knew it already and loved it. And so like if nothing else, we knew we had fighting game guys that would show up, right? Um, and so it's strictly speaking it, like, this was the first announce of the version we did. Uh, but they'd been seeing dive kick and they knew the mechanics and some of them were like really, really good at it already from before. So like not a true announce, but, uh, yeah. definitely the first time you don't got to see the current first version
0: public unveiling.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So is that's cool to hear that that I'm not, I'm not really at all plugged into the fighting game community, but I know they are super hardcore, <laughs> um was that part of your plan for all along to get them sort of be the the early adopters to spread spread the word well really i mean
1: the, 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 here's the some totality of the plan and this will give you some insight into what a good businessman i am oh, man. okay um, <laughs> the plan was wow i love this game and i happen to own a company that makes games let's do something about this and uh it's pay you know not a lot of, like, insight into, like, oh, let's project out how many it'll <laughs> sell, and let's come up with a proper budget. It's just kind of like, no, we're going to do this one way or another. We're going <laughs> to figure this out as we go. And uh, so far it appears like, you know, that's being rewarded because everyone that's, everyone that's played it loves it. Like, um, the only people that kind of complain about it existing at all are people who have never even played it. So I got I nothing you can do about that.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, you mentioned earlier on, and I think what's key – about dive kick versus those other fighting games is I think all of us in the room, except for maybe you, Tom, like we don't play fighting games, but like diving, diving, huh, diving into dive kick uh, is super easy and super fun. Like right off the bat. And I think that's sort of a differentiator from like those hardcore, like I've never touched a Marvel versus Capcom game because it's just like, I don't even know where to begin.
1: Yeah. And you probably couldn't pick it up yeah. at this point. Right. Cause it's like, there's just too much, That you have to learn, like, fighting games started off, you know, 25 years ago, relatively simple, you know, and then over the years, designers keep adding new things and little like, oh, here's a feature, here's a mechanic, and they keep adding things to it. And now it's just this completely insurmountable amount of stuff you need to learn to even get competent right and so dive kick just strips away all that complexity but keeps like the depth and strategy and things that make fighting games awesome like you know you're still trying to guess what your opponent's going to do you still need to react and you still get to improvise with the tools at your disposal to kind of better them and that's fundamentally like what makes those things awesome it's not like oh i've got the execution practice to the point where i can do the 720 fierce with no problem you know it's (laughs) like that's not the stuff that makes it fun at least to me anyway um but yeah and it's it's funny like the we, at gdc we would do we'd basically bring the build to the marriott at gdc every night and we'd set it up at a tv in the, the bar lobby there and we just let people come up and play it and it's the only time i've ever seen uh like a group of women lined up to play a fighting game yeah like i've like just you know you go to these tournaments and just all dudes it's just sweaty dudes.
0: sweaty crap yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: And uh, then just to see, it's like, oh, wow, we're we're really on to something here. So it was really, really cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, right before we started this podcast, Jessa just had her first dive kick experience. Yeah,
2: Christine, you hadn't played either, right? No, I played the other day. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, this is my first time playing then. What would you think? I liked it. I actually had a lot of fun. I will say, before I'd actually seen the game, just going by the name... I had envisioned it as this game in which you're, like, this deep-sea diver, and you just keep diving down, and you have to kick to kill, like, sharks and fish. I'd play yeah. that. So this was a little different than I'd expected.
1: New game mode. New
2: game Yeah, mode. actually, when we started up the game, she goes, where's the water? <laughs> oh boy. But we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun playing with the different characters and kind of getting used to them and... It, it's, Not knowing what we were doing made it so much more fun. It's like humor
0: in games can sometimes be such a dangerous thing. Yeah, and it's so aware of itself in like the perfect way. Like everything from like the loading tips to like the 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 gems
2: you can add and yeah, like, the little one liners we yeah. crack up at hilarious. I right. read the
3: loading tips out loud just because like, I think like, maybe someone else isn't reading this. <laughs> so I'm like, no, no, make sure you read the loading tip. But the person you're Every playing time. with on
2: the Vita, so yeah.
0: they're like six inches from your yeah, face. Tom actually, Tom booked a meeting and forced the finance department to play it because right. they're, not, they're not big gamers themselves. They need to know their games. How did that go?
3: That went uh, well for them. Not, I, was, <laughs> I was feeling pretty good because I had some dive kick right. under my belt, and uh, I, got, I got schooled pretty hard. <laughs>
0: um
3: So yeah, not so great for me, but everyone had had a good time. And to your point, Dave, you know it was easy for everyone else to pick up and kick the crap out of me, despite having played several times already. So
1: yeah, because I mean, the last thing you want to do is like start feeling playing a game and feeling stupid immediately, right? Everyone just wants to pick up and have some degree of success, right? And that's I mean, it gets no simpler to do that than two buttons, you know. Um, Anyone can kind of step in. You can instantly explain it to them, and they can feel competent, like even if they're not. They don't understand all the depth, and they don't get the you know they don't get the strategy yet. They can still get in there and have fun and score some points and, and just experience the best part of the game, right? And it doesn't take an hour of tutorials to do that. So it's uh it's really cool to see people like like you know I, this weekend we were at NCR, which is a fighting game tournament, and there's a lot of people there who had never played it. Um, but it was really fun just to, like stand behind them and watch them. Okay, this is their first game. Okay, now here's their third game. Oh, they just figured something out. Okay, now here's their fifth game. And to watch them kind of progress just over the course of an hour and see how good they would get, how fast. And nothing like that is possible in other fighting games.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I actually have really enjoyed that process of figuring out all these little quirks. Yeah. Like, for each character, there's a measure of mystery to them. Uh, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it definitely feels intentional.
1: Um, no I mean that's 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 part of the fighting game ethos yeah. like what players really like in fighting games uh, that are really into fighting games is like they kind of don't want to be told every combo and they don't want to be told they, they want to discover stuff for themselves right, right. they want to figure out like some little exploits that can kind of like you know uh give them new options when they're fighting their friends and uh that's I think that's one of the most stunning things about a game this simple is it's got that stuff too you know like you wouldn't like uh, I don't want to give any new, new super secrets away because Adam would crush me, uh, but we're still discovering stuff all the time. And just a few weeks ago, we discovered kind of like, you could call it a glitch, but we're going to leave it in. Um, <laughs> that is some really cool stuff you can do with Mr. Ren to kind of like let him float indefinitely. So oh, nice.
0: <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, uh, the, that latest character you introduced, uh, Jafeli. Yes. Uh, he is like... Him out. His yeah, play style him. is so drastically different. Like, That's where I I really took a second. I was like, man, they could sort of flip this game on its head with each new character introduced. Like, it's a totally different play style to use him versus dive or kick, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of, like, you know, earlier I mentioned that... Fighting game designers had kind of like established, they built all these mechanics up and they kind of piled one on top of each other over the years. We definitely, even though we kind of don't want the game to be complicated, we still take advantage of some of those mechanics. Like, if you ever played Street Fighter, mm-hmm. like, and you're familiar with Guile, yep. you know, Guile is a big, he's a charge character. Like, you hold back. Then you, you hold back for a bit, charge it up. Then you go forward and hit a button. You get the sonic boom, right? Um, that's kind of like Jafali. Jafeli is like our charge character. <laughs> you know, you hold down that kick button. He's kind of building up his kick, building up his kick, until you finally unleash it. and He goes flying across the screen like a fury. So
0: oh. um, <laughs> Now we know. All of us are nodding our heads like, oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's something that's not, like, that's one of like, one of those things, again, it's not immediately apparent, but, like, one time you'll probably just do it by accident and figure out, oh, if I hold this down a bit longer, uh, it'll actually it kick broken. faster and further. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's that kind of stuff that I think gives the game its legs.
0: Yeah, for sure. The one thing we haven't mentioned at all is the custom controllers you guys have built. Yeah. Uh, and I, that was also part of the PAX appeal, I think. Just the word of these, these uh, rectangular controllers. Because I know in the fighting game community, like Mad Cats has like built their whole business on fighting sticks, right? Like, so you guys made your own that's just like a rectangle with two gigantic like game show whammy buttons on them, <laughs> different yeah, colors. Th- th-
1: those buttons are for a Japanese arcade game called Poppin' Music,
0: <laughs> um,
1: and so we just buy those. We buy those by the like the dozen, basically. Um, yeah, the 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 sticks are pretty interesting because we originally did that. Because uh, when we play test here and we do friends and family play tests, we use fight sticks, right? And you can tell people till you're blue in the face that, listen, it doesn't use the stick. It just uses these two buttons. Everyone grabs the stick, like their hand just gravitates towards it. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, what can, what can we do to kind of communicate? Story of my life, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: You don't need to tell us. Nice. Um,
1: so, so what can we do to communicate that? No, you only need two buttons. And it gets no simpler than just. The controller, you know, it's a box with two buttons on it. There's no ambiguity there, right? No. Um, and it does a really good job communicating everything you need to know about the game to the player instantly. Um, the thing we didn't anticipate was that people would want to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why we didn't see that one coming. Uh, but so we've been in talks like, oh, it'd be novel to get a bunch made for the team or whatever. But now we're kind of deep in talks with, you know, all the people you'd expect yeah. um to kind of make these come to market actually and uh things are progressing actually better than i thought there so uh keep your fingers that's crossed good.
0: that's good to hear we, we will keep our fingers crossed
1: but regardless uh, you can play it with a rock band drum kit um <laughs> yeah, right. test that. <laughs> which is really fun that's that's super satisfying the only thing you can't are a do dime a dozen
3: these days so just run <laughs> exactly. out and get some of right? those
0: uh and which pads on the drum kit is it
1: it's uh, red and blue. Nice. Um, unfortunately, so we're going to have, in the build you have now, you kind of have to put the drums backwards to make Dive and Kick be left or right. Uh, in a build, once we get the build in there with actual UI, and you'll be able to map the controls to however you want, you'll be able to set up for the Symbol Kit or the Smoke Effects Kit.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. That's incredible. Wow. Well, that's cool. I figured with the time we have left... Talk a little more about a one Mr. Dave Lang, because you've been around. You've been around the block. I've
1: had my share of exploits, yes. Are you looking for <laughs> – uh, that's a wide-ranging topic you I just know,
0: need. I know. Well, I think – because our uh, people who listen, I think, would be interested just to, to hear a quick overview of your career.
1: Sure. Uh, if, one, if I hear you snoring, I'll stop talking, sure. okay? That's the, <laughs> that's, the, that's the Dave Lang promise. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I got really lucky. Uh, I always had interesting computers, and I got really lucky that my parents supported that from a very early age. Um, in the sixth grade, they got me a Commodore 64, and nice. I basically just didn't do anything but goof around on that all day, right? Like, I'd get out of school, I'd run home, I'd get on my computer, and I would just kind of like program, program, program. Uh, started making my own games, and they were all horrible, just like text adventure type stuff. Um, Then in high school, high school is weird. I got more into making tools than games, Um, and that's when I got more into like, you know, 286s, kind of like normal, like what people would now consider like a PC. Um, Started making more tools. I never made games with them. I just wanted to make like, oh, let's make a sprite editor or let's make this thing or whatever. Then kind of went to college and got super busy and kind of stopped doing all that stuff. Um, I went to University of Illinois for electrical engineering, and like last semester there, I it was just kind of flipping through an issue in next gen and I see help wanted ads for game companies in the States. And I never thought about doing it professionally. I don't, I thought games got made by Pixies, I guess. I, I never <laughs> I never really considered like how these things come to market. And so I kind of just dropped everything and applied to every game company I could find in the States. And there's like 80 of them and I'm getting like three callbacks um and then that turned into a job at Sculptured who was out in Salt Lake. Uh Sculptured was kind of like a 16-bit powerhouse. Um I got there right as they were transitioning from 16-bit to 32-bit. Uh kind of from there I worked on uh Space Jam, NHL Breakaway, <laughs> WCW Mayhem, oh my god. Uh Backstage Assault and then the <laughs> owner got kicked out of the company. Uh and he formed a new company and I went with him because I really liked that dude. Uh-huh. And, oh, sorry, the, the wrestling games were actually at Kodiak. So yeah, I did, I did Space Jam and Breakaway at uh, Sculpture or Acclaim Salt Lake. Then a Kodiak, we did the two wrestling games, and we started on a baseball game that eventually became called uh, MLB Inside Pitch for Microsoft. But the studio, it was weird, <laughs> the studio closed halfway through development. Um, it was one of those like close overnight type deals, Ooh. and uh, I thought the game was never going to come out. And it, I guess in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have because it wasn't that good. But um, <laughs> Microsoft ended up hiring most of the team that worked on it to finish the game out, and that was at their Access place where they did all these amazing things. Like they—that's where the Tex Murphy games were done originally. They did Links there. Uh, they did Amped there. They did a lot of really cool things there. And uh, then when we got done with baseball, uh, my wife's like, hey, it's time to have kids. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm Italian, so that means we have to go home now. I'm <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't remember signing any contract to that effect. <laughs> this is, this is, this is horse shit. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, I conceded the point, and uh, we went back home to Chicago. I st- that's when I started working at Midway. And I was the lead programmer on Slunk Loaded, which ended up being pretty good. Then I went to Blitz the League 1. Uh, which was – that's probably my favorite game I worked on of all time, Blitz of the League. That was so much fun. Uh, now, was the then, focus on
0: sports games your – did you, like, angle yourself that way? Or that's just the way it worked out?
1: It's a little bit of both. Like, I do like sports games, and I will never shy away from the opportunity to work on them. But it's kind of like getting typecast. You know, <laughs> It's like, oh, this guy knows – like arena-based sports games, like he solved all these problems ten times before. Let's let's get him to do it again. Um, and then after that, I became the studio tech director at Midway, um, Chicago, which is kind of like the central hub. It's where like Mortal Kombat happened, Stranglehold happened, and so then I kind of worked on all the games in some capacity. Uh,
0: now, and- Midway was that where you met Johnny V?
1: Yeah, that's where I met Adam, JV, Adam. all those characters. Awesome. Yeah. At first, I hated JV so much.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, because he was, he was roommates with Adam, and me and Adam started midway within, like, weeks of each other.
0: For and, context, this is Adam Boyce, who's now the head of publisher relations at yeah,
1: Sony? I think he's VP of third-party publishing and. Yeah. Dev relations or something like yeah. that basically it's a title that tells me i've made some horrible mistakes in my life because <laughs> at one point i was effectively his boss and now he's king shit of fuck mountain
3: <laughs> hey, he's not here um, talking to us you know that's true
1: yeah. so uh the uh yeah, yeah i so can see Johnny I sort of
0: being a, a grading personality when you first meet him maybe oh he's the worst, <laughs> it <was> the worst. <laughs>
1: And then, but then I eventually figured it out, right? One day I, I was driving home and I was thinking about what a douche he was. <laughs> and, and then I realized what it really is. I'm just, I was just jealous, right? Because he could get away with stuff I would never get away with, like because he's always he could, smiling. Yeah, because he always, he's just like everyone loves him, right? And uh, and once I figured out that, that that truth out, besides being shaken to my core and visiting a psychologist <laughs> for a month straight, that's when I kind of embraced him and we became super good friends. Uh, so. If Johnny, if you're listening, uh, I realize it was all my error in hindsight.
0: <laughs> I'll definitely point him towards this. Yes. The Dave Lang apology cast. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, he's an awesome dude and uh, he's killing it at Disney right now. So um, it's funny how all those guys went on to be awesome things. And uh, Come I'm on, just you, you
0: own your own studio.
1: Well, that that has its own set of problems, Eric Pope. <laughs> if, I, if I had, you're lucky I don't have a bottle of bourbon here. I'd get it from all for you. <laughs>
0: So, so, sorry, I cut you off at Midway. Finish. Take us through the home stretch.
1: Oh, yeah. And then, uh, so, you know, did stuff like Stranglehold there, a bunch of stuff. Then uh, Midway started to go. It, we, everyone there knew Midway was going out of business sooner or later. And then in 2008, it looked like it was going to be sooner. Um, this was kind of before it was clear they were going out of business. But before WB stepped in and kind of bought NetherRealm out and, and made them an internal studio, um, I basically was talking to the wife, and I'm like, listen, like, just striking out on my own and doing some contracting isn't any more risky than staying at Midway, right? At least I get to quit on my own terms and I'll know exactly the situation I'm in, rather than just kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so late 2008, did that, started Iron Galaxy, got on with some gigs at Capcom, and then quickly uh, that went so well they wanted us to kind of grow so we could do more stuff with them. And we just kind of started staffing up, and fast forward to today, we're, uh, we've got two studios, got the main hub in Chicago, and there's about 40-some-odd people here. And then we opened up another studio in Orlando last year, and we got about 20 people down there. So uh, now we're just to the size where failure is guaranteed, which is <laughs> awesome, which is really awesome.
0: I was just about to say, well, congrats. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'm, a, I'm fundamentally a pessimist. So in, <laughs> case, in case you haven't picked up on that yet.
0: So... Uh, I mean, I feel like I've only been in the games industry for five years. I feel like you sort of eventually become more of a pessimist as you just watch the landscape. Yeah. Like you've been through what? Like, I think you just named, sounds like five or six different companies.
1: Yeah. I've been, I mean, I've been making games either on my own or professionally for almost 30 years now. Right. And uh, it's definitely. It's weird, right? Because I might sound like I'm down on everything and everything sucks, but I'm still here, right? And that means yeah. I love. So that means I love something about it. Um, but uh, it's just uh There's no other job I, I think where you get to. This, the mix of like technology and creativity is just. I don't know where else you'd find something like this. I'm completely addicted to it, and yeah. uh, so a lot of things change, and a lot of things. You know, everything's tough all over. Like. Business, business gets hard and you have to figure out if you're going to be on Facebook or mobile or you're going to stick with consoles. I, everyone says consoles are dead. What are you doing? Oh, how about the OUYA? What about the, you know, and all this stuff. And you got a, a million decisions to make and one bad one can basically doom you uh, into eternity. But, like, I just know, like, with the group we've surrounded ourselves with here, a bunch of really, really smart people. Um, we're going to be successful no matter what we choose to do. So we just kind of got to be pragmatic about what that is at times. But uh, yeah, it's super fun. Like I've learned so much doing this and run my own company. And it's been uh, from, basically coming from an engineering background to do all this stuff has been a real eye opener. Um, I, I remember at Midway, or I guess my whole career, I just assumed like everyone that wasn't a programmer was a moron. Like... <laughs> Like it'd be like, oh, look at the PR guys leaving the office at five o'clock. I wonder where they're going to go drinking tonight, and just get so <laughs> mad, and just get furious about that. And I'm sitting there sweating to the oldies at midnight, trying to figure out why the stupid thing won't compile. Um, but now that I kind of have a broader view of everything, and you know, I'm involved in PR, I'm involved in marketing, and I'm involved in publishing and sales, and just all this stuff. And PS, like everything is really hard. Like, yeah. there's not a single job in this industry that's easy. Um, and now I'm I'm much happier now that I have appreciation for all that because, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty humbling in a lot of ways.
0: And it seems is, is, would you say contract work is sort of the, the hidden secret of independent studios being able to survive? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, that's been, that's worked for us for sure. Like we, we never started off like a lot of game companies get started because someone on the team has a game in their head that needs to get out right? And like, we're going to make this game and that's everything we do is going to be in service of getting this game out. And that's not how we started at all. When we started, we were just like, listen, let's make a company that we can work at for 20 years and work together and just have fun. And it was never like a a grand ambition to go make this game or whatever. Um, And I think that it's a two-edged sword because like it strikes people as having no ambition, but um, Really, what what you're saying when you're saying what we say is like we just value our team that we've built, you know, and uh, to kind of fuel that and fuel our growth, we've done a lot of contract stuff. Like you know, ninety five percent of what we've done has been like work for hire contract type stuff. Um, But we take a lot of pride in all those gigs. Like, if anyone's familiar with the Capcom stuff we do, or, you know, we worked on Scribble Nuts iOS. A lot of people have played that one. Like, those are all, like, really, really good versions of all those games, and we take a lot of pride in that. But then when we do kind of stumble into something like Dive Kick or, you know, this other prototype we're kind of working on now, we can execute on that. You know, we can take some of the money we've earned, and we can, you know, decide to do that and self-publish it and do what we want to do with it. So it's pretty cool because, like, there's not this pretense of, like, you know, we have to be creative and we have to do all these things. It's like, no, if we have a good idea, we can execute on it. Uh But until then, we'll just, you know, keep working on other games that we think are cool too. You know,
0: yeah, but it also seems like you're sort of like building your reputation too, while you're paying the bills. So it's not, I don't know that people would take that as being like resting on your laurels or anything.
1: Uh, a lot of people do, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but yeah, no, it's, it's well, they're even, jerks.
1: Yeah. It's uh, we've, it's about coming up with consistent partners. You know, it's like we've done like a lot of work with like Capcom, 2k, Microsoft, Sony, WB. And the thing we find is every gig we do and we're successful with leads to another bigger gig with that same person, you know? And, uh, like that's all those things just kind of snowball and, and present opportunities, you know, like, so now when, like here's a good example, like, um, we were not in the situation, but say we wanted to go shop dive kick around um, where if you were just like wet behind the ears college student trying to shop dive kick around to w b and Activision or whomever, you probably wouldn't even get a meeting, you know. Um, whereas at least us, it's like, no, you listen, you know, we're going to deliver on all these things we say we're going to, you know, we're going to be on budget, you know, we're going to be on time. So really just figure out if this is worth for you for business case or not. And it it basically facilitates all the other conversations we want to have with original stuff we're doing. So, uh, it definitely comes in super handy to have that, you know, if not reputation, the experience with those publishers, you know?
0: Totally. So, unfortunately, we're just about out of time. I wonder given your long ass career would you do you have any advice for people who want to get into the industry cuz we get that all the time and i'd be interested in what your perspective is
1: yeah if you want to there's a lot of people who think they want to get in the industry <laughs> but then no one's willing to do the work yeah. to do it like if you want to be in the industry if you come to me and say hey dave lang i want to be a programmer at iron galaxy i'm going to want to see a game you made like and if you haven't done that then you don't want it enough it's right. really simple right like Just make games. There's no, like, it's not like it was in my day. (laughs) Here we go. You can can download Unity. You can download UDK, right? And you can make a game in a week. You don't have to be an expert programmer. You don't have to be an expert artist. Like, the game doesn't have to be any good, mind you. It just has to, all I have to see in it is that you cared enough to try and that you finished it. You know, you, you finished what you started. And really, that's like, if I see that, then that's a great, great first sign for somebody. So, like, if you want to make games, like, uh, hit the stop button on this podcast and go download Unity and start making a game because there's no reason not to.
0: Bam. That's some good-ass advice. That
1: that might might be my first ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we won't tell anyone. We'll keep keep your uh, streak going.
1: We edit that out?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Job security. Awesome. Well, uh, anyone else? Do you have any questions before we uh, have to go?
2: I want to know who your favorite dive kick character is
0: yeah, there we go
1: i uh I've kind of main dive um I really like the so here's some here's some awesome dive pro tips so like everyone start when they start using his specials, everyone starts using the parabolic arc, but that 's not where it's at. You want to use your meter on the fast fall, so for those who don't know uh, if dive has enough meter while he's in the air, if you hit both buttons, he kind of almost instantly teleports down to the ground, and the reason that's so powerful is because like so say uh, Dive Kick is about jumping second most of the time, right? Like the character who jumps second almost always has a huge advantage. And so with, with, with that, what you can do is you can dive, you can jump in the air. The other character thinks, oh, he jumped too soon. He jumps second. He thinks he has an advantage. You teleport to the ground and jump back up. And all of a sudden, you jump second <laughs> and, you, and you crush him. Nice. And uh, so just that kind of like simple kind of baiting mechanic. I have a lot of fun with playing around here. And uh, yeah, he's, that's my guy, Dive.
2: That's good Good tips. Yeah, I'm realizing we didn't even get into any of the special stuff. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of playing to do. That's
1: the beauty <laughs> of it, right? Like, you can still have fun without doing any of that yeah. junk, you know? But if you yeah. want to, if you want to learn all that, and that's thing, in a competitive environment, it'll just take one person there to figure that stuff out, yeah. and then everyone will pick it up just because they want to stay competitive. Yep. So, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I noticed, <laughs> is it a specific uh, design uh, choice that each a venue has a song that's clearly a ripoff of a, of a popular song.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs>
3: exactly the answer I expected.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's one of everything, my favorite things about that game.
1: Everything in Divekick is 100% original.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Good answer. Good PR, Dave.
1: Yeah, but my PR guy's give me a thumbs up, so <laughs> yeah. we're set.
0: Nice. Anybody else? All good? All right. Well, we unfortunately have to go. Dave, thanks so much for doing this with us.
1: No, it was fun, dude. Thanks so much, and I look forward to seeing you at uh, probably E three, right?
0: Yeah, that's the plan.
1: All right, awesome.
0: So, wait, you're are you going to be at E three like with a booth and stuff? Uh, we're gonna.
1: I guess I can't Should talk. About yeah,
0: don't talk about it. Don't talk yeah. about. It. Yeah, but but I'll see be, you I, in person. I, I,
1: I will be at E three, and I'm sure I will see you there.
0: Cool. That's great. So, awesome. All right, thanks, dude. Thanks, Dave. Thanks
1: right. nice meeting, everyone. You talk to you later.
0: Bye. Bye. Well, that was great. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks.
2: Yeah. Bye. 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 And cut.